Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. I'm your host, Yuakime Aikson. How are you today? Um, I walk into this situation with this strong desire to... continue a conversation from a previous podcast, which is a bad idea. It just is a bad idea. But it's such a strong... Like, when you do this, when you sit down here... And you talk about stuff and you like flesh out ideas and you tell some sort of a story and you like try to understand yourself or you like express an opinion on something like all of those things. You do that and you do it in this like free form way. It, it's very easy to then think about it more and think about something that you should have said that that's like smarter than what you said or all of those things. And. The thing is that if I didn't have solid role models, that is to say anti-role models, I probably would do that all the time. And the big one is, there's this guy, Sam Harris. He has a podcast. I'm a big Sam Harris fan because he has a, he has an app called Waking Up. It's a meditation app. It's a guided meditation app. He, he's, he, talks you through meditation and it's so good. Like it's the thing that I cannot recommend it enough. It's how I learned to slow myself down a little bit, but I digress because what I was going to talk about is his podcast that used to also be called waking up, but then he changed the name because it was confusing that the app and the podcast was the same name. So he changed the name to making sense. Both names are terrible, by the way. But so he has this podcast that today is called Making Sense. And he begins every episode with something something he likes to call. He always calls it housekeeping. First, we have to do housekeeping. And it's like, it feels like housekeeping. It feels like cleaning a bathroom. And it's like him, like, it, it's someone, maybe someone sent him an email about something he said in the last episode, and now he has to respond to that email. And as a listener, you don't know, you don't remember what he talked about in the last episode. So this thing that the emailer is saying, it feels so unimportant to you, but to him, he's so invested in it because it's his thing. And from his perspective, what is it? I f- understand it so clearly because it's so, it's such a strong feeling in me too. Cause you have this, you put out an hour of yourself talking and then you feel this strong sense of, you feel protective. You want to defend yourself. You feel vulnerable and you, you, it's all stupid in the end, of, at the end of the day, you know, like it's all stupid. <laughs> Like, we all know it's all stupid. So you want it to be a little bit less stupid. So you want to talk about it in the next episode and be like, oh. Yeah. So Sam Harris does this thing called housekeeping where he just uh, just sort of defends himself on these tiny, tiny unimportant points. And sometimes it goes on for like 28 minutes. So he does it hour and a half podcast in the first 30 minutes is just something you skip through. So because I've listened to that a lot, because I used to listen to his podcast a lot, I don't listen to it a whole lot anymore, but I used to, I learned to not do that. 
And that's what I mean by him being an anti-role model. And I think in my life I've had a lot of anti-role models, and I must have talked about that before on the pod, but... Yeah, could talk about a bunch of anti-role models, but that's neither here nor there. He taught me to not just rehash previous episodes, but I'm saying all of this because (laughs) I'm going to break that rule and do that this time. Because two episodes ago, I think, episode 55, I think, I talked about a bunch of childhood memories that brought up shame. And it was things like, I go to a movie theater with my mom and I'm I'm embarrassing my mom in front of some lady and my mom says something and I feel ashamed that my mom was ashamed of me. Or the big one was like, I'm in a classroom and, and I have this story from my family and and it's, I'm doing the Sam Harris thing. I'm like recounting a whole thing. And it's so clunky. But the point is that there was one story. It's a micro story, luckily, where I was wearing white tube socks. I'm probably 13 years old. My cousin, who lives in a big city and is a cool big city girl, she's probably 11. She looks at my white tube socks and she's like, oh, you're wearing white tube socks? <laughs> And she's like, she just gives me a roasty look. Like, she doesn't even say anything mean. She just lets me know that it's like, that's not cool. I retell, I tell you that story again to say that after I put that out, I got, I got some nice messages from people, but people related to it a little bit, but, but. The good one was that David Phillips, friend of the pod, he was on two episodes of the podcast in season one, and David Phillips listened to it and then told me that while we were living together in Shanghai 10 years ago, (laughs) apparently I made fun of him for having white tube socks on. And he, and so the, the point of the story I told on the pod is that She made fun of me for wearing white tube socks. And at the time, every single sock in my sock drawer was a white tube sock. And then after she said that, I never wore a white tube sock again. It's like, might go all black, might go color, all kinds. I've never worn a white tube sock since that day, okay? David Phillips listened to this episode and sends me this voice message where he's like, do you remember commenting on my white tube socks? Because what happened is we were living together and apparently I made fun of him for wearing white tube socks. And he has, he then stopped wearing white tube socks. <laughs> it's like intergenerational cycle of abuse. I can't, I guess it's not. Can it be intergenerational and a cycle? I don't know, but it's, it's, it's like, wow, I perpetuated something there. <laughs> I try, I was traumatized as a 13-year-old. And then 10 years later, I traumatized David Phillips. And then 10 years later, I talk about it on the podcast. And then we all apparent, apparent, finally, finally get to, um, wow, I, that just blew my mind. Because what blows my mind about it is that I don't remember saying it to David Phillips. And you know what? I haven't asked, but I am certain that if I were to ask my cousin, Denise, 
if I were to ask her if she remembers being like 12 years old and making fun of me at 14, these are approximate ages, right? If she remembers making fun of my white tube socks, I promise you, I promise you that she does not remember that. But I remember. So we're all perpetrators and we're all victims. And our memories are only of the times when we are victims. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. That sums up way more than I want it to sum up. But it does. Um, yeah. Oh, David Phillips. Yeah, he also said a really good thing about how, like, <clears throat> this story where, because I was telling those stories, like, trying to understand why they fuck up my mind so much, and um, and I could only come up with the concept of shame, that it's, like, it's just shame trauma, and it just was imprinted on me real deep because I was so ashamed in those moments, but it's, like, the, the one story where I'm in the classroom and I'm retelling a story from my grandparents, which is clearly a family that in the, uh, clearly a story that in a family setting was encouraged. And it was like this positive thing. And everyone was like, oh, that's so interesting. Just because you're with your family and everyone's like overly nice to you. And then when I bring it out into the cold, you know, stark sunlight, the unforgiving sunlight of a elementary school classroom, Swedish public school. <laughs> I, um, I was humiliated and the guy made fun of me for talking about my motherfucking grandparents over and over. And then David Phillips was like, talking about how it's also, it's a, it's also a birth of like disintegration because at a certain very young age, we're only one person. We only have one persona. We only have one identity. And then somewhere there, we learn to learn, we learn to put on different masks and we learn to put on different identities and personas. And, and you have to have a jaded exterior if you're going to survive five minutes in a Swedish public school. Swedish public school is so nice, though. Can I just say, like, yeah, I think everyone was really nice. I think everyone was really nice. But, um, yeah, so now I have talked about the previous episode a bunch. And, um, that's bad. But I, um, I really believe that like one sign of a truly successful artist is to not worry about it too much and to not be a perfectionist and to just, just create and be in a state of creation where you don't overthink it and then put out and then move on. And it's so rare to have a mind that works like that. And those are the people that become successful at any form of content creation, any form of art creation, music, or, you know, whatever. And um, because the more average way to 
connect with those things is to want to go back and to overthink it and to, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know what's more common. I just think it's, <clears throat> I just think like people who, one uh, um, interesting example in this space is Kanye West because he's sort of the one exception because he is, I think Kanye West is a genius. I think he is the Beatles of our era. He is all four Beatles rolled into one and he contributes more to the culture than anyone else. But the problem is that he knows it. So he's kind of like a hot girl that knows that she's hot. So you hate her, but it's like Kanye West is still hot though. You know, it doesn't change the fact that he's hot, but <clears throat> even though he's like that, he's many things because he's also clearly very insecure and he overthinks things and he's crazy and he's like rude and he's got all these bad ideas <laughs> And he's like way too Christian now. And all of those things are flaws. Um, and one of the things about him is that he will put out an album. I, th I thought about this recently because I, <clears throat> I was just like working a little bit, like boxing up some stuff. And I was, um, I just basically parked my truck and, 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 put on an album and I was like, let's just listen to some old Kanye. And I put on life of Pablo, which is a Kanye album from, I believe 2017. So I'm a big fan of this album. It's a great album. Everyone thinks this is a great album. It starts with that song, ultra light beam crowd pleaser. But the point is that you put on this album now in 2021 and every single song is different. Like I have never, I've never heard any of these versions of the songs. So I'm like, listen, so one of my favorite songs on this album is called Wolves. And there's just a new verse on there. Like you just, and it's like a weird streaming era thing where I guess it's just like this podcast in the sense that you put something on the internet and it's streamed on Spotify, and then Kanye West has access to an MP3. So, so just like how I could just upload a new MP3 and change it, oh, I really dislike how I how I made that into a thing where I'm in any way similar to Kanye West. If I can just scratch that from the record, that would be great. Um, Kanye West will release an album, and then. Apparently, years later, he'll just change everything on the album. So I'm listening to Wolves, and there's just like a... And I don't like it. Again, it's the, the lesson is the same lesson. As weird as it is, you're not improving upon it when you're changing it. Because in the case of Sam Harris, it just feels unnecessary to relitigate these tiny points and it just you know just stop it just move on and in the case of Kanye West there's actually a very similar thing where I googled it and and um <laughs> I printed it because it's it cracked me up in the song famous this is what he changed two years after releasing the album he changed one line of the verse he changed it from she be Puerto Rican day parade waving. He changed it to, 
she in school to be a real estate agent. It's like, bro, it's been two years and you're going to change one line? Like, why are you really, like, doesn't that just speak volumes about, doesn't that just speak to an incredible insecurity? Like, just imagine Kanye West sleepless at night, going over it in his head, and then changing it, changing one line, two years hence. Or maybe he's like, <clears throat> I mean, you, I, I'm sure you listen to your own music every once in a while. I'm sure Kanye West is sometimes exposed to his own music and then Two years later, he just has another idea that he just wants to change the line. And it's like, <clears throat> there's a little bit of a difference from the Sam Harris example, because as a listener, if you like the song, you are now used to the song and you want what you have. You just want, you don't want anything to change. Like, we don't like change, which actually brings up this other thing, which is that David Phillips next to telling me that I fucking bullied him into not wearing white tube socks. <laughs> he also said he doesn't like the new intro music. God damn it, Dave. David, the new intro music is way better. But he was just like, yeah, I don't like change. And that's what I'm saying. I didn't like it when Kanye West put Vic Mensa on Wolves and took out, lifted out the Frank Ocean part and, and made it its own track, which comes after, and it's now called Frank's Track. <clears throat> and the horrible thing about the streaming age is that I don't own any of it. So I can't go back. I mean... I can go back in the sense that I can illegally download the fucking original version, I'm sure. But I can't in America, though. Then you have to go to prison. And I'm not going to prison. If there's one thing I've decided in the year 2021, it's that I'm not going to prison. Um, let's do a water. So we're doing Blackberry today. Revive Blackberry Sparkling Probiotic. Sparkling Probiotic. Yeah, we're getting more and more probiotics in, in the... Last season was normal, sprinkled with some caffeine and some CBD. There was a lot of CBD waters, a lot of caffeine waters. This season is going to be a lot of probiotic waters. Probably going to get some tepache in the mix. Blackberry. Oh, dude, blackberries, low-key delicious. This smells good. Blackberry grape, though. You know, I don't like grape. Oh, that's awesome. Because it's got that thickness, like berry juice. It's a little bit thick. Oh, that's so good. Five billion live probiotics. Ah, that is good. That's 8 out of 10. But um, otherwise, everything is good, man. I, um, 
I got a job in a restaurant and I enjoy it so fucking much. I work at the Holbrook Hotel. It's a historical landmark in California. It was built in 1852. Four different presidents have stayed at the hotel. We got about 20 rooms. We got a restaurant on the first floor. We serve some very good early California. Mexican-inspired. Gold. Rush. California. Food. It's good. There's a $40 steak on the menu and it's, it's tits, dude. It's tits. You know, we got... <clears throat> One thing I really like that's in a bunch of dishes is this it's called mole estofado. It's like a it's like a lighter than the regular mole sauce that people are used to. It's a much lighter color, but it's got a tiny bit of that chocolateness and then just a huge spice profile. Much creamier. Cumin and all these holiday spices, very warm baking spices beautiful and then you throw like shishito blistered shishito peppers and like blackened brussels sprouts on top of that sauce Ooh, dude it's good it's very good um yeah i really enjoy working there i've worked at probably seven restaurants at this time but at this point but i've never enjoyed and i mean it's i'm very grateful because i just sort of wandered in and and it just turned into this thing where they just had a big joachim sized hole <laughs> and i could just fill this hole perfectly and like one weekend they just gave me exactly the shifts i want and or just like infinite shifts you know because i was a little bit stressed about money there for a second and it's just like a nice Nice wine list, wines that I'm like familiar with. And man, I love talking about wine. Um, there's this one thing that's interesting about it, which is that um, I've worked there for maybe like two weeks now. And like a week ago or something, I um, went to... Um, Visit my buddy Ice Boy Plumbing. Now, what you have to know about Ice Boy Plumbing is that he's crazy. Like, he has these crazy opinions about everything. He's a couple years younger than me. He's a hippie. He's a Catholic. He's a conspiracy theorist. Anti-vaxxer. You know, everyone in power is a pedophile. You know... Everything is a conspiracy theory. CO2 is good for the environment. Like, climate change is, like, provably a conspiracy. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. But I love this man. I love this man. And then I go over to his house, and I tell him that I work at the Holbrook Hotel. And his wife, who is the same as him, ideologically, the first thing she said was, What? You work at a restaurant? Don't you feel like a slave? Aren't you kind of a slave? That's what she said. And she's less of a diplomat than him, you know? Like, they, the two of them agree on everything. But 
she how do i it the interesting thing about it is that it was actually very nice that she said that out loud because that's like one of my fears like i that's one of the things i'm sensitive about that i feel like a people are going to think i'm a loser because i'm because i like work in a restaurant and it's not a real job or something and you know those kind of fears that people just think i'm a slave and then when she said it out loud it's like it's like that thing i talked about multiple episodes ago where like ingrid published her book and um she got a terrible review and then when the worst thing happened it's like oh this is what it feels like like when the worst thing happens the ground doesn't open up beneath you and swallow you in flames when the worst thing happens everything is just the same and the worst thing is that someone's like looks at me and thinks i'm a slave and then when she said it out loud i was like oh okay and then it made a big impression on me that she said that but i couldn't actually respond because we're at this like garden party and we just got interrupted there was just people coming and going and we were like catching up you know and i'm like saying this thing and she responds this thing and then someone else is talking to me and catching up so i like couldn't have an exchange with her all i could say was like no i don't feel like a slave i feel good like i love it dude i love it over there but yeah i love them though i love ice boy plumbing and his wife dude i i would take a bullet for those people I would take 10 bullets for their kids and I would go to prison for those people and they are such beautiful people regardless of how we disagree on everything it's like god there's such an incredibly strong feeling of love in my heart for those people and they you know like when things got a little bit dicey here a couple of months ago when I like needed a place to stay and I was a little bit homeless and stuff and they just were like just stay with us you know just complete open door and the way they did it the way they did hospitality was like pure family and it was so it was so nice dude it fucking makes me emotional it was so beautiful cuz it was all like there's a bedroom upstairs there's an air mattress in that bedroom stay there or you can sleep on the couch there are all these blankets or you know we can pitch a tent in the yard you can just tent out there whatever you yourself are comfortable with um in terms of privacy in terms of temperature in terms of sound like whatever you whatever cuz cuz really good hospitality is about not assuming what the person wants and needs and stuff it really good hospitality is about not just having like a prepackaged thing Jesus sorry just fucked up the mic prepackaged thing that you give to the recipient to the guest and i thought about that a lot back in the day when i was married because like we would go me and the wife we went to sweden and we stay with my mom and my mom just I mean, look. She's my mom, so I'm biased, but my mom, I think my mom is really good at hospitality. And she really has this thing of like, you know, 
here are like options like you can stay here like whatever you need like do you want to take a shower you just got out of you just flew like do you want food like if there's food there's all these kinds of things or i'm about to go to the store in an hour and like what do you feel like eating and i can get some snacks that like fit you like those were the kinds of things that my mom would say when me and the wife were visiting and she would say those mostly to the wife obviously because i'm kind of at home there already so i don't need the a very high level of hospitality obviously and then this is going to come off as i'm going to come off as an asshole here but it's just like a series of thoughts then we would go and visit her family and her family wasn't her family had different ideas her family had this thing where they were super wealthy and we would go to super expensive restaurants and we would go have dinner and her dad would pick up the check and that was his hospitality and then everything else was like like dirt there's nothing you, sh- you shut up there's nothing that's not true either like he was nice there was just a couple of things like they had a sort of collective eating disorder where they all woke up at like 6 a.m. and didn't eat breakfast or no they would wake up at 6 a.m. And, and eat breakfast Yes, yes. They would eat breakfast, which would usually just be like a smoothie or like maybe there's a very, very small bowl of yogurt for you. And then they wouldn't eat lunch. So you are forced to wake up at 7 a.m., which is for Uncle Joe came over here. Waking up at 7 a.m. is a little bit tricky. And then you get a little bowl of, of muesli and you're like eating it and you're having coffee. And it's like, okay, I wish they had real milk and not just fucking almond milk but whatever you drink the coffee and then if you try to eat any food there's no food until 6 p.m there's no food until 6 p.m and it just made me feel so bad i've talked about parts of that before on the pod but like that just made me feel so bad and we would stay at these super super expensive hotels and, you know, like we would stay at this, the Marriott in Hawaii, which is like the most expensive Marriott in the world. And, and it's like, it has this veneer of extreme. I, I can hear how I'm, I'm sounding like, <clears throat> like I just love my mom more than her mom and that it's a competition and that I'm, I clearly have a horse in this race or whatever, but it just felt like that. It just felt bad. Like we would stay at these super, super nice resorts and hotels and like, like luxury hotels in downtown San Francisco. And then you don't get to eat food and you're like hungry and cold the whole time. And it's just like, fuck. Why was I talking about this? Oh, yeah, because Ice Boy Plumbing. Yeah, because Ice Boy Plumbing, man, do the way he did hospitality on me. Because it's also beautiful because we're so different. And I, like, I, it's difficult to overstate how different we are. <laughs> like, it's not just the political and ideological thing. It's like, Ice Boy Plumbing just has this sort of farmer vibe where he's like real chill about being real dirty. 
but he doesn't project that onto other people. <laughs> that sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like spraying dirt. Like, I don't mean that he doesn't spray dirt. I just mean that when I'm a guest, he doesn't assume that I have at all the same frame of reference as him. So he's, the first night I showed up there, I remember being there and being like a little bit sad and stuff because I was feeling a little bit homeless. And like, I sport plumbing is like, farming all day and covered in dirt and he just goes to bed all dirty and he doesn't give a fuck because he's a fucking real american and he's the type of person that if shit falls apart he will rebuild this country even better than it is now like he is a more powerful man than you've ever met but he goes to bed real dirty so i'm sitting there and i'm like oh i don't want to go to bed real dirty assuming that just because that's his frame of reference that's their frame of reference that i have to be part of that but then they're like, then his wife comes at me and she's like, she's like, when was the last time you took a bath? Do you ever take baths or do you just like shower? Because we have a bath. Like, do you want a bath? And then they have this like claw foot, old timey, gold rush era, <laughs> early California Mexican food bathtub. I'm sorry, that, that sort of veered into a description of the Holbrook Hotel menu, but but the point is that they had this beautiful, super old-timey bathtub, and I, like, was allowed to... I took this bath, and it was, like, such a beautiful bath, and they're so fucking nice to me, dude, when I was... when I, when I needed it, and it's like they... I didn't have anything to offer, you know? I don't have anything. Like, I'm just a very small man, you know? Oh, God, it makes me emotional thinking about how... They just see me as a human and they just know that a human, a human needs a little bit of charity sometimes and they're just good people. And they offered me so much love when I needed it. And it's like, God damn it, dude. I will never forget that, dude. And that's why every time I go over there, I always try to bring a fresh baked loaf of bread. <laughs> also, I love baking bread. Last time I went over there, when I went there for the garden party, it's like, um, dude, I could talk about ice boy plumbing all day, I tell you. I love that, man. Last time I went over there, I I made this cottage pie, which is like a version of a shepherd's pie. Very nice dish. I've made it a couple of times recently. I like to make the same thing over and over to really get to it, to really get it to where you want it to be because the first time it didn't have the body it needed you take all these beautiful root vegetables like turnip and rutabaga which is called swede in british english carrots you know whatever you whatever you got and you saute it up in like a rose, I rosemary infused a bunch of olive oil, just like blister some, scorch a little bit of rosemary real quick in some olive oil, and then take the rosemary out so you can sprinkle that on the top at the end. But you like roast up all these, saute up all these veggies in um, a rosemary olive oil and, and uh, just until it caramelizes, like right when it's about to burn. And then you pour on like a porcini mushroom sauce like a real watery sauce with like a lot of umami in it and then you top it with mashed potatoes and you bake it a little bit and just let the broil the top of the mashed potatoes a little bit so it's like a shepherd's pie 
And um, first time the sauce, the mushroom sauce, didn't have enough gumption. So I like later times I really sort of <clears throat> threw in like a bunch of nutritional yeast and and uh, there were these vegetarians there who were so happy that I made a vegetarian dish, but I lied because I actually cheated and threw in a couple of cubes of chicken stock. <laughs> Who's going to know? Who's going to know? They're going to know. <laughs> How would they know? <laughs> They're going to know. It's like my favorite meme. Um, yeah. I brought the cottage pie to Ice Boy Plumbing's house, and it was it was a real popular, beautiful garden party over there. They live off grid, and they have solar, and they don't have cell phone reception, and they don't have Wi Fi or internet or anything. They just have a, a landline phone that they don't like to pick up. And um, yeah, they have a beautiful life, beautiful. And, um, you know, watching Ice Boy Plumbing and his wife is so helpful for me to realize what I look like from the outside. Because sometimes I watched him. I remember the one time I woke up and and it was sort of arguing about a thing. Arguing sounds bad, like they were fighting, but they were like hashing out a real issue, like a thing about phone use. Because they're both... It's, I mean, it's a beautiful corner of being a hippie conspiracy theorist. They're both very anti-phone and anti-internet and anti-social media and anti-all those things. Like, they're obviously not on social media. But they were arguing something about, like, she thought he was on his phone too much. He was reading the news too much. And she's like, the news is like how they fucking program you. And you know that. And you're fucking being programmed because you're on that fucking thing too much. And he's on it not that much compared to most modern citizens. Because he's on it like when he drives into town, he'll stop, pull over, I think, and, and sh hang out on his phone and read an article for a bit, you know? Because he's a worldly educated man. He is so, I hope to have him on the podcast one day, actually. It's just that he's got kids. It's hard with people that have kids. Like, people with the kids are so busy. It's kind of like either you have kids or a podcast. You know? <laughs> you can't do both. <laughs> I've never had anyone on the podcast who had kids. No, that's not true. Matt was on. And um, his kid wandered through the episode and was recorded. But, um, yeah, they were arguing about a thing. They were arguing about cell phone use. And I could, it was very, it's interesting to me because cell phone use, you know, how much we're programmed by social media and everything, it's a gradation. And they're talking about an extremely low gradation where they're both very, very unplugged. And they're talking about, like, should we be 99% unplugged or 98% unplugged? Whereas everyone else is, like, 50% unplugged. You know what I mean? But so that's interesting because I, like, I realize that that's what I'm like with, like, for example, 
Like what I see when I hear them argue about that is two people who actually completely agree almost. Like there's so much agreement and then they're arguing about this tiny, tiny bit of last stretch of stuff. And so, for example, Dr. Luke, Dr. Luke and me, we talk every single day. My buddy, Dr. Luke, we talk every day and we agree on pretty much everything because we fucking talk every day. It's just, that's just, I don't know if that's what it's like, but that's just what it's like. I don't think it's because we talk every day, but yeah, I don't know what the causation is there, but regardless, when you have a friend where you agree on 99.5% of everything, it's easy to argue about the last half a percent because you're so used to agreeing with each other that it's like surprising and weird and uncomfortable that you have this one area where you agree. Like you have 99 topics where you agree. And then so why is there this, this one last one where you disagree? And it's like, it's weird because it's almost like you question yourself. Because you're like, I have these 99. Am I wrong on this last one? And it's just a very frustrating, like frustrating thing where you can't, there's no harmony there. Whereas it's way easier if you have someone you know, even a close friend where you disagree on everything. It's way easier to just be like you come upon a new topic and you find that you would disagree again. It's way easier to just be like, yeah, we disagree. And there's that doesn't feel disharmonious. Like me and Ice Boy Plumbing disagree on everything. I don't think there's a single thing. The weird thing is that there's a lot of conclusions where we agree, but how we got there is totally wrong. Like, he thinks that environmentalism is a hoax, but he also, like, lives a really sustainable life. You know? That's the thing about it. If you're enough of a prepper, completely solar, completely off-grid, growing your own, you have a a garden, grow your own food. And you just go to like the fucking co-op and get some, get some organic bullshit. It's like very fucking sustainable. Some super local stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. And you hate corporations. You end up being like, yeah, there's many things like that where we strangely, uh, in the conclusions, we're the same. Man, oh man, oh man. What else has Ice Boy Plumbing's wife said to me that wasn't diplomatic? Because those are the things that make me love her the most. I remember we had a conversation about homeschooling. Where I was like, I was trying to say that I'm open-minded. <laughs> because what I was saying was that we had a brief conversation about homeschooling and then I went home and like Googled it a little bit and then I actually updated my opinion. I actually took in new evidence and sort of changed my mind a little bit because I thought that homeschooled kids probably do really bad. Like it, we came, I, I, we came into it because all the kids around me here are all going to get homeschooled. 
partly because in California you have to be vaccinated to go to school and no one here is vaccinated, like regular kid vaccines. It's not a regular kid vaccine as, as far as the eye can see. So none of these kids are going to be allowed in regular school. And I, it made me feel a little bit worried because I was like, are we dooming these kids to some sort of like, yes, I understand that you live off grid and you live in the forest and you live on this, at the end of this dirt road and everything. But it's like, should you really banish your kids to be stuck at the end of a dirt road? As much as you are building a paradise on this plot of land that you own, where you're building this sustainable, beautiful thing, I think it's still good to give your kids the freedom to be allowed to wander off it and have opportunity off of the land too. And I was like, my worry was sort of that, that I was like, if all these kids get homeschooled, are they, can they never go to, will higher education shut them out? Can they never exist in a sort of like, um, you know, fucking modern economy of, of, um, what's that word I'm thinking about? knowledge worker can they be knowledge workers or can they be factory workers you know there's two people in the world but um anyway so i go home and i google it and i'm like stunned to find that statistically homeschooled kids actually go on to at a higher rate get a college degree and they do better in college and that was surprising to me because I don't know. I mean, from my context of being going to Swedish public school, Swedish public school is good. And, and you get, a, I feel like I've talked about some of this on the pod already. It's hard for me to remember. But um, yeah, the point was that I was like, okay. I mean, what I learned really is that American public school is shitty. So if you go to American public school, it's so shitty that it's better to just have your mom read to you from a book. And your mom does not understand the finer points of how to teach someone something. Your mom doesn't understand it very well. Whatever. It's still better than American public school. Roughly speaking, that's what I learned when Googling it a little bit. And... um and then we had a, I had a second conversation with Ice Boy Plumbing and his wife. And I was like, trying to tell them that I'm actually kind of open-minded, kind of an open-minded Swede who's willing to update his opinions. And I was like, oh, it's actually really good. And then she was like, so abrasive. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember what she said that was super abrasive, but it was super abrasive. About just like how how the fuck could you think that school is good? Uh, they just fucking want to brainwash you in those fucking schools, you know. <laughs> I just love she's so raw, dude. Dude, she is so raw, and it's beautiful. And she just lets God direct her thinking, and what comes out the other end is perfect every time. Um, let's do another water. This one was absolutely delightful. Revive. Definitely given that eight or nine or something. Second brand here. Drink simple. Now, the crazy thing about this one is Javi, 
just sent me a picture of this one day. And you have to understand, I've reviewed like 200 sparkling waters now on the pod. I know all the brands. Like I'm not running out of water to to review because I have the next 10 episodes. Like I have flights for the ten, next 10 episodes already put together. Excuse me, I keep burping. I apologize. It's already on the wall. It's ready to go. I have plenty of water. But new brands rarely come along for me. Things I have things I don't already know. Especially like when people come at me with like, oh, have you ever heard of something called spindrift? It's always like, yeah, that's a little bit like when people are like, are you from Sweden? Have you ever heard of Ikea? And um, somehow that happened this time. Somehow I was from Sweden and I hadn't heard of Ikea because Javi sent, sent me a picture of this. The brand is called Drink Simple. He found it in something which is a store where half of the store is, sells sex toys and the other half is a bodega. And they have sparkling maple water, blackberry lemon. Like, where is this from, actually? Vermont. It's not even local. For some reason, I thought it was going to be like a super hyper-local thing. Oh, they have an Instagram account. Drink Simple. That's what they always do. They always do drink. Drink and then the name of the brand. Ooh, I just cut my fingernails. Ooh. All right. Blackberry. Okay, so that's way more... The lemon is very dominant. On the nose, the lemon is very dominant. Yeah, that's that's less good than the previous one. Okay, I get what you're saying with... Oh, sparkling maple water. Sparkling maple water. And it's from Vermont. I see what you're saying. Vermont does maple syrup. This is... It's got quite a bit of maple... Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic formula where you take acidity and sugar together in a beverage and create a sort of foundation. Like every single cocktail in the whole world has lime juice and simple syrup, you know, lemon juice and simple syrup. Because that's nice. And then you add something to that, you know, then you add a hibiscus, rhubarb, strawberry, shrub. You know, then you add whiskey, but you're going to need something sour and something sweet. And this is pretty basic because it's mostly something sweet and something sour. But, but then there's these hints of blackberry and hints of maple and maple is a nice type of sweet. It's like molassesy, raw, unrefined very round type of sweetness that you really you really associate it with these like brown sort of colors yeah that's not bad at all that's a seven that's a seven out of ten yeah ice boy plumbing i don't know that there was anything else i was going to say about him Oh, man. 
you know, talking about all those memories for two episodes ago, it's like there was this, there was this one more memory that I then thought about, which was like a bad memory where it's like, I remember being a kid and I think I'm pretty young at this point, like nine, maybe I'm nine years old and I'm talking to my dad and it's like dawning on me at that age that my, that maybe I'm like already smarter than my dad. Not because I'm super smart, but like my dad just doesn't try very hard. And that's just such a bad feeling. And I remember the one moment when it like really sort of happened was like, Uh, the reason I'm already like in a weird hypnotic state about this memory is because I was like really thinking about this memory today. Um, <clears throat> but the moment that really crystallized it all out was that I was talking about something. Because I was like a really nerdy kid. And I like these like science books with like little trivia things about how the world works and how things fit together and everything. And like trying to understand stuff and like little mechanical, physical, puzzly objects, and, like building Legos and putting together little electronic things. Like I really liked that stuff. And so I remember trying to I remember being excited about something like that. And I don't remember what I was talking about. Because it's more a story about my dad's response, but like I was talking about something sciencey that I had read in some little science kid book, and then I could feel how my dad like wasn't following me or something. Like not, oh god, this is like so mean, dude. Anyway, I just like felt like I got a little bit frustrated because I. Because, you know, it's related to this feeling that we still have, and I talk to Dr. Luke about this all the time, this feeling of frustration where you just want, you think about what would my life be like if everything was perfect in the beginning? If like, if people, if I just had good guidance at, right from the get-go and how me and Dr. Luke talk about it in our mid thirties is like, what if someone had just taught, what if we had like big brother figures early on in life that could tell us like, don't focus on the negative, bro. Like you're creating these super, super deep habits of negative thinking here. And the more you just think about the negative with everything, the more your mind will be used to that habit. And the more, the deeper that groove in your mind will be, and the harder it will be to undo that. It will take fucking forever to undo that if you're going to spend decades of your life before you start noticing that you're just thinking about negative stuff. And if, if you just early on have someone talk you through it and just explain that, like, look, 
this is life, you know, life is kind of suffering, you know, just talk you through some like, not like philosophy class, like philosophy class is fucking useless, but like a couple of Buddhist fucking truths that are useful, like the noble truths of the great Buddha. Bro, if someone talked me through that when I was 12, I'd be so much better off. Like if someone put you on in, in a state of good mental habits early on. Um, so that's a feeling we still have. The feeling of frustration with not wanting leadership. Wanting leadership now. Wanting to find the perfect therapist. Wanting spiritual guidance. All of that stuff now and wanting. And then the frustration with not having had it early on. And the feeling of like, things could be so fucking good if, if we were just, if we just had it early on. So, what was I saying? What was I talking about? Oh yeah, my dad. So exactly, it's the same feeling. Like I had that feeling of like, I'm like nine years old and I'm looking at my dad like, like, dude, I'm trying to like, like I'm excited about science here and like, you're not holding my hand in this situation at all. Like, you're not contributing anything. And that's not what I say because I'm nine years old and I'm clearly an idiot and I can't verbalize that. But I had some sort of frustration. And then, no, yeah, what I said was mean probably. What I said was like, I probably like called him an idiot or something. Because I felt like I, that's just how I felt. I just felt mean. I just felt angry. Like, it was just an anger response, I think. Where, like, I just said something mean to my dad because he didn't, like, I wanted him to teach me science and he couldn't. And so I say something mean to him and then... And then his response wasn't, like, a grown-up response where he's a grown-up talking to a kid... It was a weird, like, other thing where he already felt inferior to me. And I could, like, sense that immediately. And he already felt like he had something to prove. And he, like, lashed out. And his way of trying to prove that he was smart was that he... God, this memory has stuck with me. He was like, oh, yeah, you think you're so smart? What he said was, oh, yeah, you think you're so smart? Well, do you know what? Uh, and then he just listed off like some fucking. Okay, background. My dad sold like pressure gauges for a company. He wasn't an engineer. He didn't know how to build a pressure gauge. He didn't really know how they worked. He didn't really know how to install them in a factory, but he could sell like a thousand of them to some Germans that are about to build a new factory and they need a thousand pressure gauges for use in this factory. So he was familiar with his product line. So he just like spouted off some like, well, do you know what a 100 bar fucking v-neck bent guy you know he just said a bunch of words i didn't understand man yeah pressure gauge do you know what this fucking type of pressure gauge is and the thing is that when he said it 
even at nine years old, I could like tell that it's like, ooh, like that's not smart. You're just, you're just like saying products from your, from your work. Like you're just saying names of products. Like if you actually explained to me how a fucking pressure gauge worked in a factory, I might find that intellectually interesting, but like just saying the name of it, because you know how to say the name of it when you're trying to sell it is like not smart. It's not like, it's not about how things work and ideas and mechanics of stuff. Jesus, I keep hitting the mic. It's not about like, it's not intellectually interesting. There's no curiosity there. It's just like, it's just like a couple of numbers and like a weird name for a pressure gauge. Like that's not smart at all. And it was such a sad fucking moment, dude. And it was so sad that I didn't even say anything. Like I didn't even say to him like, those things, even though those things were clear to me, like the things were like, ooh, like you feel intellectually threatened by a nine-year-old and your way of defending yourself is to just sort of talk about some weird names from work just because you know that the nine-year-old ha- doesn't know those names. Like you don't have a single like interesting idea. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what I wanted. I don't know what I wanted, but yeah, because like the correct way to come at, to, to respond to the nine-year-old is not to be like, ooh, well, you don't know, but Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto, just because that's an idea instead of, like, the name of a pressure gauge. Like, that's clearly not the right way to respond. The right way to respond is to more be a grown-up and be not threatened by a nine-year-old and be more like, look, bro, like, we can fucking talk about this shit if you want to talk about this shit. Like, whatever. Like, bring me your fucking science book or whatever. I mean, okay, the really correct way is to be also be excited about it with your nine-year-old, I guess, or whatever. But, like, depending on which circle of hell you're trying to go to here. But, um, you know, like, how good do you want to be at it? But, But the point is just that what he did was, like, the lowest form of response as poorly executed as you can imagine. That's what I'm saying. So poorly executed that even a nine-year-old could tell that the man was just kind of struggling. And God damn, dude. God damn, dude. That made me so fucking resentful. And that's unfair that's unfair none of that makes any sense we were just different you know he just wasn't interested in that and I was and and uh, yeah 
I was so unfair to my dad. I was so unfair. And now I feel guilty about all of that. I feel guilty about sharing that whole thing. But the thing is that it made a fucking big impression on me back in the day. And it spawned a great sense of resentment. And I felt frustrated. And I was like eager to learn. And I had these feelings of excitement about the brain and wanting to understand stuff. And then I felt so stunted. But it's, that's, that wasn't, I shouldn't, I don't know, I shouldn't have felt that. Because I was in a perfect Swedish school system that taught me many, many things. And I was surrounded by people that gave me science books and mechanical puzzles. And I was really just a spoiled fucking asshole kid. And maybe I still am. And maybe I still am. Which brings us to our third water, raspberry blackberry, flavored. (laughs) Would it be possible to read something worse than I just read it? Raspberry blackberry flavored sparkling water with other natural flavors. Caffeine free. Caffeine free, man. Caffeine free is, it's the new gluten free. Um, So this is Signature Select. This is Safeway's own brand. It only comes in a one liter bottle. Dude, I will tell you, there's a good chance I have COVID right now. Oh, that's awful. Oh, I made that mistake again. Where it doesn't say sparkling water, it says sparkling beverage. That's the key word. When it says sparkling beverage... No, shut up. It says sparkling water beverage. Oh my God, that's... Sparkling water beverage is redundant, first of all. Why are some beverages not water? God. Yeah, I'm not scoring this one. This one is disqualified. This has way too much. This is like bad Sprite. Yeah, that's awful. Disqualified. Oh, I got to remember to disqualify that one in the old catalog. There's a good chance I have COVID right now because I went on a couple of dates with this one girl and <clears throat> we did a little bit of making out one day and and then she we were supposed to meet up tonight actually and and then she texted me and was like, I have a scratchy throat and I feel a little bit like, uh. and she said she might have COVID basically. And she didn't cancel our date. She was just saying that, you know, these, in these trying times, it's polite when you're about to meet up with someone to just give them the information up front and be like, I do have a scratchy throat just so you know. And then I kind of took that as a, an opportunity to cancel because I was extremely tired because I have worked all these fucking brunch shifts at the restaurant. Dude, oh God, on Friday night I worked a very busy shift and I knocked it out of the park like always. And then um, 
I was told that I was a cocktailer for the bartender, which is a very unclear role where you're supposed to help the bartender and maybe be a bar section server and maybe be a bar back, blah, blah, blah. The point is that I just thought that it was my job to help her. And then it turned out that she was like this person who hangs out for a long time. So at midnight, I was like, okay, I can't actually help you close this restaurant anymore because you're, you're taking forever with this. And I have to be back here at 9 a.m. And I just could have left an hour earlier, but I stayed an hour extra just to be helpful, even though I had to be back 9 a.m. the next morning. Ah, made no sense. Made no sense. So I, um, <laughs> my manager was like, that's the first time I've seen you even mildly frustrated. <laughs> that's what he said. And I was like, yeah, I have to remember to be less helpful. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. And then I um, couldn't fall asleep early yesterday. And I didn't get a lot of sleep. And I did another brunch shift this morning. And and it's tough, dude. Those, we get, it's tough, but I love it. I love it. Yeah, dude. It's going to be a real challenge. Because this, some restaurants, when you work there, it's like they, don't have much of a brand or like brand idea or they don't care and i could talk about them on the podcast all i wanted especially on a podcast with zero listeners but um but this one has like a very manicured tightly controlled social media presence online presence very tightly controlled brand. You know, to the point where like, even when they write little passive aggressive notes to the employees in the sort of office area, even that is like with the correct font and the correct logo. And it's like, keep it tidy, folks. You know, remember that you can't leave your stuff here because if you leave your stuff in area A or B, you know, the guests can see it. Even things like that are like typeset properly. (laughs) So... It will, it's very low probability that anything would ever happen if I talked about it, the restaurant at all in, you know, on the pod, but I just really like to talk through my life and now I'm spending all this time in the restaurant and I, but, but it's so far, everything's just so nice there, dude. And there was one girl I didn't like and she immediately got fired. It was incredible. It was like the one thing I didn't like about the job and like four days in. She just didn't show up for the shift, and I was like, where's she at? And then everyone's like, it's all good. We figured it out. <laughs> I was like, yes, we figured it out. Yeah, She's not coming back. <laughs> I didn't even, like, I had, in my head, I was, like, working on this email to send to management about, like, why this person needs to be fired. And I just, like, held off for a bit because I just had a feeling, like, maybe this will... Maybe this one will go the way of the buffalo on its own, you know? Go the way of the mammoth. And it's funny because... Okay, I'm going to say this and it's mean, but no one is listening because we're one hour and ten minutes into the pod, but... (laughs) Fuck, why do I have to say all these things? Oh, God. So... 
my absolute first night I spent at this restaurant. I like work there and everyone is nice and it's like a really good time. And I, But then there's this person that I don't like. And then that person. So, and then I go home for my first night I ever spent in the restaurant. And then I, I'm chilling with Javi in the living room and we're talking and I'm on the dating app on my phone and I'm just like swiping. And this person's profile showed up. <laughs> the person I don't like. Two hours after I met her for the first time. I I mean, I immediately knew I didn't like her. And then I go home and then I her profile shows up. And, she, and her profile was crazy, dude. Her profile was like, oh, it's mean, but like she's not very pretty. And her profile was all like... <clears throat> It was all like, don't ask for nudes if you're not going to pay for them. It's like, bro, what are you talking about? Get out of here, dude. What are you talking about? Anyway, that's a terrible thing to say, say in public on the podcast. But there, I said it. Someone had to say it. <laughs> and then she got fired, so we're good. Crazy. That lady was crazy, dude. But that's all good. Um. Yeah, that's all good. All right, that's an episode, I think. Oh, God. Some of those things I talked about there made me feel good, and some of them made me feel bad. And that's how it is. All right, I love you guys. I really do. Thank you for listening. <laughs>